Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Welcome to the podcast, conscience that made us, interviews and stories, tales from the bus, we love taking you back to when it all went down, the greatest live shows and that cheering crowd sound, it's concerts, concerts that made us, concerts that made us.com. Hi, this is Vaughn Prangley and you are listening to the concerts that made us. Under the bridge The water flows Will drain our bones And do it again Cause we're all listening Asking why Don't close your eyes We'll do it again Cause we're all in the thick of it We're all in the thick of it Under your skin We'll do it again Under the bridge The creatures crawl Wanting more Till you give in And no one's listening We'll lose our pride Wasting time To do it again Cause we're all in the thick of it We're all in the thick of it Under your skin We'll do it again Cause we're all in the thick of it
You've dropped the ball All that we are Is hiding away in the dark We're hiding away from our hearts Cause we're all in the thick of it We're all in the thick of it Under your skin We'll do it again The thick of it Vaughn Prangley, you're very welcome to concerts that made us. Thank you so much for having me here. It's great to be here. It's great to have you now. I'm looking forward to diving into your music a bit now. You're releasing Tick of It on the 25th of August. What can you tell us about it? Yeah, um, so that's that's Friday now. Um, it feels like time has flown by. <laughs> um, well, Thick of It is a song inspired by, I guess, a time that many people of my age go through. It's you've just finished school and you kind of dropped into the pond of society and you, you're like, what now? What's next? Um, and what lands up happening a lot of the time is we give in to what society expects of us, which is go and study accounting or be a lawyer or, uh, you know, that type of thing. And you fall into this this routine of wake up on a Monday and you're like, oh, it's Monday again. And you long for the weekends and every week is just kind of the same. And this song talks about experiencing those issues and then breaking free from that and kind of realizing that, you know what, it's okay to really throw yourself out there and do the thing that you feel you were put on this earth to do. Uh, For me, that's music. Um, I know for many, many people, um, I've, I've had quite a, I don't know, I've had a lashback before, but hey, you know, this might not work out. Um, it's a very niche thing. You either make it really big or you don't make it at all. And I just have such a passion for it and nothing else makes me feel the way music does that I just, I, I can't stop. And I, I would love it for everyone in the world to feel that way about something in their life. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the meaning of the song and the inspiration behind it. Right, right. I have to say, though, it must have been very scary to actually take that leap and follow your dream. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, I am also um, I am also studying, which I'm very excited about um, because I just I love learning. So I'm going to be studying computer science, which I'm very excited about. But um, I just couldn't ever let music <laughs> fade away and then kind of given to to what's expected it's right and you know the track was entirely produced by yourself in your studio what led to that decision and what was the experience like well i've worked in in quite a few studios over my career and i've 
I have such a passion for not just writing and performing music, but the actual creation of a of a production is one of my favorite things in the world. And um, experiencing the studio life and the recording environments, I kind of took in um, what was going on around me. And now I have the skills necessary to to produce a a single or an EP or an album. Um, it, it it was so liberating. I felt completely creatively free, uh, like I could do whatever I wanted, um, and just spend as much time on the track as I as I needed to, sitting up until four in the morning uh, recording. So yeah, it was it was a very liberating experience. I really really enjoyed it. And having that freedom now on your own track how would you feel if the next one was produced by someone else oh i love collaborating so it's not like i'll never i'll never go to a studio <laughs> again um i think a mixture of the two is always great but it's all it also comes down to having the skills to produce a song by yourself because then when you collaborate with others you can kind of meet them at, in the same same ballpark because you you both you both have the same experience or when they talking about compressors and limiters or EQing and stuff like that uh, then you you understand what they're talking about and you can resonate with that and then you get a more professional product because you can relate with your producer whereas if you go in uh, with a blind eye and you don't actually know the the technical side of uh, production and recording you can kind of get a bit lost on how to achieve the sound that you want. True, true. And, you know, at 19 years old, where do you get your inspiration from? You know, it's not like you've had a long life full of <laughs> life experiences. A whole 19 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I've, I've always been called an old soul, but uh, I, I don't know. I guess I'm very observant. So a lot of what I write about is not just my own life experience, but also what I see around me, what happens around me. So I like to take in my environment and that often leads to the inspiration behind a song. Um, a, a cool story about how I write music would be a, a, <laughs> a song that I wrote a couple of years ago was inspired by a car wash um, so in South Africa, uh, there's uh, one of the provinces is known as the Eastern Cape and it's very remote there. It's kind of like a, a deserty type of vibe. Um, and we stopped off at a gas station and the people working at the gas station just started, as we stopped off there, they started washing our car for free. Um, but they did it with such joy in the middle of nowhere on this long stretch of highway. And they started washing our car on the spot as our car was filling up. And then when they finished, we, we gave them a bit of money and they were dancing around and laughing. They were so happy. I sat there, I was like, these people have so little, but they found so much joy in the small little moments. And then I wrote a song called uh, The Little Things. Um, that's not released. I would definitely love to release it one day. But it's just small situations like that or moments can inspire a song. There's I like to find the meaning behind I don't know, everyday things, everyday situations, conversations, experiences, stuff like that. Just even deeper into them, I suppose. Yeah. And, you know, where does your musical style come from, do you think? Uh, 
Hmm. Well, I've always loved indie my whole life. I also, when I grew up, only really listened to older stuff. Not sure why. I just was never really exposed to to like the current music. And so I grew up listening to a lot of uh, Kings of Leon and then also the old stuff like, I don't know if you know, uh, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. Oh, I do. Uh, I by do. Otis Redding <laughs> and... You know, that that was that was the, the music that I listened to, not pop. Um and so when I started playing guitar and writing, I think it was kind of ingrained in me that that's that's the music that I really enjoy. Um and then also I was heavily inspired by Ben Howard. Uh I think he's he's from, from UK. Yeah, I think so. I uh, think so absolutely loved his first album and his second album he i don't don't quite know what happened to his recent stuff <laughs> but his first two albums are really really incredible um and yeah so acoustic guitar and and playing around with authentic sounds and and stuff that makes you get lost that's that's where i where i i thrive sounds like a good mix and you know what my listeners love hearing this now what's your favorite and least favorite part of making new music my favorite and least favorite part of making new music um well you definitely get such like <laughs> moments where you are you want to throw the guitar against a wall <laughs> or <laughs> something's just not working um you can even be halfway through a song and you wake up the mo- next morning and you listen to it and you're like, you know what? I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. There, there can be moments of pure frustration and that can be, you know, that's, that's not lots, a lot of fun. But on the flip side, when you break through that frustration, you hit like a, oh, that sounds great. That's probably my favorite part where you find a lick that kind of, uh, you, you know, transforms the song or a melody or you get that vocal take, you know, the, when you have a breakthrough in the song and you sit back and, and you, and you listen to it and you're like, yeah, now, now we're going somewhere. Um, that's my favorite part. Just experimenting as well, experimenting with sounds. And when the sound works, that right sound works. Uh, it, it's a very, very great, great feeling. I love it. Right. Right. And at this stage, I suppose we'll, uh, give the listeners a, a deeper sense of you as a musician. So, it's a bit difficult now, but if you can, can you remember your earliest musical memory? My earliest musical memory? Oh, um, there's so many, I guess. I, <laughs> let me just pick one. I remember when I was, well, this is like nostalgic now. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> spoken about this in like, I don't know, years. Um, I was probably on, on my way to nursery school, I think. And I think I was with my dad in the car and the song Violet Heels by, by Coldplay was playing. And I absolutely loved that song because it starts with this, this like synth and almost like a thunderstorm type of vibe. Uh, I got lost in that song, but I, I was probably like six years old, five years old. Um, and for some reason, that's a definitely a core memory is, is that song. So whenever, whenever it plays, it gives me that feeling. Uh, so yeah, maybe, maybe that. I like it. I like it. And did you grow up in a very musical household then? Was there always support for music around? Yes, definitely. Um, None of my parents followed through with anything, but my dad played guitar. My mom played guitar. And my stepdad was a DJ 
he actually owned a few nightclubs and stuff when he was younger, like 17 to like 19, um, which is very cool. And I'm very fortunate to be someone who is surrounded by people who really do support my, my career and my passion makes it a lot easier, um, because of how, how niche the market can be. So yeah, I would say, I would say my, my family is quite influenced by, by music. And, you know, I often say as you enter your teen years is when you really find your groove when it comes to music and the, the genres you like. So what sort of music were you exposed to and how do you think it molded you into the musician you are today? Uh, well, as I mentioned, it was first like older stuff and I've always just continued to listen to a lot of indie. So I, I guess uh, Ben Howard, the Lumineers, the National um kings of leon that that music really i really really enjoyed but i mean my music taste is is vast i also love eminem and dr dre they're great um i love a bit of dance music as well so it's all over the place but where my soul is <laughs> when you when you get that that nostalgic feeling um that that's when it comes to like indie or folk music even, I don't know if you know an artist, Gregory Alan Isakov. The name sounds very familiar. I absolutely love his music. And his music's very mellow. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm playing his, his songs and someone's like, can you please put something happier on? And I'm like, how are you not enjoying this right now? It's, it's, it's lovely. Um, but yeah, just any, any music that you can really get lost in, um, that's, that's kind of my, my, my taste. I absolutely love that. I like it. I like it. And, you know, as someone closer to the start of their career than the end, someone that's entering the music industry, what are your thoughts on the current state of it? I think after COVID, it was, it's become a bit confused in a way, but also I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. I think there's so many new paths now for musicians to follow, uh, to make a success of their career where in the past you used to rely solely on record labels or, uh, you know, getting that big deal uh, or being played on the biggest radio stations. That was kind of your only path to take as a mu musician. But today you can, you can hit the big charts being completely independent. Um, and if you, I, I think social media is also a wonderful thing in, in many aspects where you can, promote your music by yourself without it really costing anything. Uh, and if you have a great product and you're consistent with your content, you can really get out there. And that was never possible in the past. So that's definitely something that I am a fan of. Right, right. And you know, you've had some great success with your career already. What do you credit your success to? I think breaking the rules a little bit <laughs> in, in terms of how music should sound because I, I just find experimenting my favorite thing in the world. So I never really think too much about how it should sound. If that makes sense, you kind of go, go with the flow and what feels like. So what, what feels right rather. Um, and I, th I think that has really molded my music and kind of it's authentic you know it's it is what it is and the the lyrics are are real i, I think my my entire brand is is surrounded by 
authenticity and that's what I really really want um, and I hope the people that listen to my music feel that way that when you you listen to my words or the 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 song as a whole that you feel like I am talking to you or uh, there's a message hidden within the lyrics somewhere that resonates with you resonates with your soul makes you feel a type of way um, yeah I love I love deep soulful authentic music and that's what I strive to create yeah you seem like the type of artist now that's very kind of this is me take it or leave it yeah I, I I do what what I enjoy and if you don't like it then it's not your thing and if you do then great stick around I'll keep uh, pumping out a bunch of bunch of music so yeah <laughs> and you know I have to ask now since it's called concerts that made us as a concert goer, what concerts have made you? Well, in South Africa, there's a band known as Prime Circle. I don't know if if, you, if you've heard of them. Uh, I, their music is incredible. And I got to know the drummer, uh, Dale Schnettler, really well. Such a, such a cool guy. And watching them perform live was, was really incredible. Uh, and yeah, I, I would say that band seeing a South African band do so well was really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what makes a good night for you when it comes to concerts, what needs to happen for you to walk away thinking, I'm going to remember that for a very long time. I think, you know, when, when a band or an artist connects with, with the audience really well and doesn't just play the songs and makes the song sound the exact same way it was on the record when there's a bit of you know go along with the flow type of thing and they talk about they talk to the audience um and, and really connect with them that's that's when you can walk away and feel like wow that that's something i will never forget um and i, I was at a concert but what the artist's name is Rowan ash he's an incredible guitarist and he didn't just perform his songs but he really like he connected with the audience and the way he spoke to the audience before he played a song um, was was really amazing. So, yeah, I think connecting with your audience is probably something that's very important. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, for any listeners that haven't caught one of your shows, what can they expect? Give them the full experience if you can. Um, <laughs> lots of connecting, I would, I would hope. A very, an intimate show where... I, it's not just me on stage and I'm performing to you, but we're we're all in this together. It's it's an experience that we can enjoy together. Um, I might might invite someone onto the stage to sing with me, like my song uh, "Green Eyes." At the beginning, there's like a, a kind of a group chant. So I, I love getting involved with the audience. So I will invite you on stage and say, "Come come scream with me," um, and yeah, it'll be. A lot of fun. Hopefully you dance as well. That's always great. Uh, and I promise I won't crowd surf or, or jump on top of you. That I won't be doing any of that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and you know, how do you work on your performance and your stage show to keep it fresh and exciting for the next time? I just, I just play all the time. You know, uh, every single day, just I will, I will play for hours and hours and hours and hours. And so when you get onto that stage, it's as easy as breathing because 
when I am performing, I don't want to be thinking about performing. I want to be thinking about how do I give the people in front of me a memorable experience. So yeah, I like to like to play into it. It's it feels like I I'm breathing the song, uh, if that makes any sense. Right, I like it. I like it. And you know, you've spent several months performing in the Maldives, and you're now based in Dubai. From a performance point of view, what was the experience like? The Maldives was absolutely incredible. Um, performing was lots of fun, but the scenery was just breathtaking. I, to to stay out there for four months and create music and perform in in a place that looks like that, being surrounded by coral reefs and whale sharks and manta rays, and you know, it's it's really a once in a lifetime uh, experience. So. Oh, it it was it was beautiful. It's such a beautiful country, and uh, I would love to go back there. It's amazing. It's definitely on my bucket list. It sounds like absolute heaven. And you know what has been your favorite or most memorable live performance so far? Is there one that you revisit in your mind over and over again? It would have to be twenty twenty. So in twenty twenty, I started doing, uh, which is kind of funny because 2020 was when everything kind of fell apart but i started my music career back then um and the area that i live in lived in in south africa was called midstream and it's kind of a a large very large neighborhood um and i started doing rooftop concerts so i got on my roof the one day and set up a microphone on my guitar and just started playing and it grew into such a massive thing in my community that every two weeks um, I would do a rooftop performance and every two weeks it got bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where people had their cars parked up my entire street and they were uh, having barbecues on their driveway or at the back of their trucks. Um, and that was really, really incredible. I remember when the sun went down, there was a, a phone torches for kilometers in every window that I could see, uh, just waving along with the song that I was playing. So that is definitely something I, I will never forget. And it's also kind of resembles the, the beginning of my career. Um, yeah, that, that was really, really amazing. Holy crap. I have to say, now that sounds like one of the best ones I've ever heard. It's, <laughs> I'd say you're dying to be able to do that again, are you? Yes, yes. I actually, I did do it again in, uh, what was it, 2022, April? Yes. Uh, when I launched my, my EP, I did another rooftop concert off the same roof um, and just wanted to give my community a thank you. Like, you guys made this possible because, you know, he has an EP that I produced during the time that I was playing on on my roof for you guys. So that was very cool. We we put camping chairs out across my whole street, um, and they were full of people when when it came to the event. So that was cool, and I'd love to do it in Dubai too. That'd be that'd be amazing. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Although I'd imagine the buildings are a bit taller. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think I could do a rooftop concert off the Burj Khalifa? You think it would be pretty epic? All right, it'd be definitely a first, <laughs> I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also have to say, I love how like you started your career with a rooftop gig, and the Beatles ended their career with a rooftop gig. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's quite symbolic. Yeah. 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 And you know, I always ask them, we've heard the best gig. Is there a gig experience you would say is the worst? And how did you deal with it? Worst gig experience? Yeah. Yeah. There, there was there was a gig that I went to. Oh, there's probably be more than, that, more than one where you, you get there and no one comes. And you got to do with that with what you have, you know, you, you either going to take yourself into a hole and I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is meant for me or you just keep going. So uh, I think one that stands out was we, we did, we did a concert at a, what is the place's name? I can't remember now, but when I did get there, uh, there were very few people there and it, it was definitely a bit demotivating. I still played, went home feeling a bit down. Um, but it kind of, after that kind of motivated me to strive to be better, do bigger things. Um, I wanted to make, make a success of, of this whole music thing even more. So I think every, every setback and failure is just a voice shouting at you saying, just, just keep going. You, you can do this. You can do this. So yeah, the, the bad ones are important ones, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely heard that before. And you know, when it comes to showtime, then what's your pre-show and post-show ritual? How do you psych yourself up? And then afterwards, how do you wind down? Before a show, uh, don't talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) I like, like to be in in my own head for a little bit. Um, I I don't, don't want to think about too much. Uh, I just want to get on the stage and let, let things feel natural. And then afterwards, I, I don't know if I need to wind down. I think, I think, uh, I think you celebrate and, and you, you have fun. And then the next day, sometimes the next day can feel a bit, I don't know, of a letdown because it's not nearly as exciting as the day before. But yeah, I think after a show, you, you go talk to people and you, you connect with, with the people who, came to listen to you and yeah that, I really love that I love chatting to people about you know when, when I get a message or someone tells me how my song made them feel uh, that's that is the reason I do music so after a show I love to, love to love to chat so if you come and watch me live come come have a chat with me afterwards I'd love to hear what you have to say Nice, right. And that's a very nice segue now. Can you share any funny or interesting stories from your time gigging and touring, you know, from fan interactions or anything like that? <laughs> there, there's a few, yeah. <laughs> um, I, one that comes to mind, this is this is quite funny, but I did a a show for the, the one, one or two girls there were, it was their birthday or something. And then afterwards, I, I went to go say goodbye to everyone, and people started lining up. The girls lined up for a hug, and the guys lined up for a handshake. Right. And I found it incredibly strange. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely something I won't forget. I, I'm not sure why that happened. I don't know how that happened, but it did. And so I stood there giving someone a hug and then giving someone a handshake, and that happened for about 10 minutes. Um, and then I, I went home feeling a little bit strange, but you know, made for a cool story. So <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> oh man. And you know, how do you balance your personal life then with the demands of being a musician? I think when you love something as much as I love music, you 
don't think about uh, that. You just kind of make it happen. It's never really been a problem for me. I have my personal life and I have my music life and I love both equally. And so when you, when you do, then you just kind of make it work. You know, you have to, especially when I, I was still in school, balancing that and music was at times challenging, but you just make it work because you have to. True, true. And how do you engage with your fans and what role do they play in your journey? I think I think the fans make make you who you are at at a certain point, you know. Um, and so, that, like I've spoken uh, throughout the interview, it's it's important to connect with them. So, uh, if I look back now, uh, there's so many messages that I've gotten that really really touched my my soul. There was one lady who sent me a message after I had released uh, "Call Our Own." And, um, she, she said to me that she wakes up every morning to the sunrise, uh, drinking her green tea, listening to call her own. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And so uh, to come back to your question, the fans are very important because without them, there would be no one listening to your music, but yourself. So, um, I am very grateful for everyone who hops onto my Spotify or iTunes or Deezer and, uh, hits the play button and sits back and, and has a listen. I'm very grateful for that because you make it possible for me to do what I love to do. So very important. So all of you listen, thank you. Love you all. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, how do you maintain a strong connection with your fans then, even in times when you may not have a new song coming out or you may not be gigging? Uh, look, I think that can be difficult at, at certain times. you got to try your best. The biggest, my biggest challenge was during school, probably looking back then that was very difficult, but you know, I, I guess a, a little video of you playing, um, one of your songs or something on social media to say, Hey, I'm still alive. I, I will, I will give you something soon. Um, yeah, so stuff like that, but it's definitely has been a a challenge in the past where, you know, your your life um, is not allowing you to release a song. You kind of just got to got to let them know, like, it's coming, I promise. Uh, so, yeah. Keep them, keep them in the loop, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, going forward then, are there any specific goals or milestones that you hope to achieve within your career? Oh, I, I think every after every release, I just... I hope that it does better than the one before. Um, I hope that my, my shows get bigger and I reach the ears of many, many more people. Um, another dream of mine is to open a recording studio. I absolutely love production. I love recording. Uh, that's a huge dream of mine. Uh, it would be called Sitara Studios. Sitara means guitar in Latin. Oh. Um, so that's that's a massive dream of mine. So I would love to produce other artists, collaborate with other artists, um, be a part of other albums and big projects. So yeah, I think when it comes to me and music, it's not just my music or my song that I have written. It's anything that has to do with music I am in love with. So whether it be creating music for other people 
or recording another artist or writing with someone else um you know everything everything that involves music i'm i, I love it so yeah owning a recording studio is a huge dream it's a good one now could you actually see yourself maybe then in the far far future stepping away from writing and performing yourself and just focusing on producing no i don't think so because i do love making my own music and in order to do that you have to kind of be an artist as well um because i don't just make music for myself i also create music to share it with other people because i know the effect that a good song can have on someone um it, it, you know there's certain moments throughout your life that when a song plays it reminds you of that moment uh, and it's such a special thing to be a part of that you know give someone a song that reminds them of a good time or makes them feel a type of way and uh yeah i would never ever want to lose that so don't i don't think i'll ever lose the artist thing glad to hear it glad to hear it and <laughs> you know future plans then before we dive into the last couple of questions what's locked in stone for say the rest of the year music gigs anything you want to share with us yeah so with me recently moving to Dubai now, still navigating the in industry here, still figuring it out. Um, but in the while I'm busy doing that, there's a whole lot of recording going on. I'm uh, aiming towards an EP now, uh, and my plan is to release a couple EPs over the next I don't know, half a year, year, and when we get to the end of next year, we will have an album that I'll put together with a couple bonus tracks. Uh, my plan is to be consistent, to give you, instead of a big album of 10 songs every two years, give you an EP of three to five songs every few months, and then at the end of the year, put it all together and say, here's a here's a big present for you. Thank you for listening. Um, don't want to make my listeners wait for, for two years for a big album. Just want to, you know, release a lot is is kind of my plan get a lot of music out there. I think you kind of have to do that nowadays though, with people's attention yes. spans being so short, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we'll, yeah. uh, we'll dive into the last couple of questions. So these are some very random, very odd questions, but I'm intrigued to see your answers. Alrighty. Cool. If you, Let's do it. if you could see any performer from history in concert for one night only, who would it be? Um, Def Leppard is definitely one of them. Yeah, Def Leppard or Elvis Presley. Right, right. I like it. I like it. I like yourself. I'd love to see Elvis in concert. It, I feel yeah. like if I yeah. seen him, I'd just give up going to concerts anymore because it wouldn't top <laughs> it. You know. <laughs> yeah, he was quite the showman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And here's where the the odd part comes in. So, if you had to spend twenty four hours locked in a room with any musician from history, who would it be? Ooh. Well, um. I've probably talked to someone from a long time ago, like maybe Frank Sinatra, just because the world we live in today and the world that he lived in back then would be so vastly different. So chatting to him about how he sees the world of music and how I see it today would be very interesting. 
Um, yeah, and even talking about like recording and if I had to tell them that today we can do everything on a laptop, which he wouldn't know what that is. So I, was, <laughs> I would explain that to him first and then I would tell him we can, you know, we can make music with this thing and we don't need, uh, we don't need physical tape or anything like that. So, yeah. So you're you're telling me you want to absolutely blow Frank Sinatra's mind like <laughs> yeah I'm a time traveler I'm from the year 2023 <laughs> oh brilliant yeah that would be fun yeah that's for sure and the final one so what song would appear on the soundtrack to your life uh, uh Black Flies by Ben Howard probably listened to that song 10,000 times probably yeah that one what is it about it that speaks to you that song heavily inspired the way that I I play guitar. Also made me want to do more than just play guitar. It, was, it made it more than just a hobby. It's like, wow, if I could create something that sounded like that, that would be pretty insane. Um, it was just, it's just one of those songs that when I press play, it makes me feel so at peace with the world and get lost in the whole production. It's, it's a beautiful song. Um, and there's so many amazing melodies and musical elements and it's a masterpiece and it's a long song i love long songs if you give me a song that is six seven eight minutes long and i can listen to the whole thing and enjoy every second of the eight minutes um then you've done something amazing because as you said now people's attention span is not it, it, it's been better so yeah i love it when you can captivate uh, listeners it for a whole I don't know six seven eight minutes yeah yeah it's a tough uh, a tough challenge nowadays but uh yeah it sounds like a sounds like a great song it has to be that one so listen Vaughn I've really enjoyed getting some insights into your music now thanks a million thank you so much for having me it's been a lot of fun Come on, darling, come on, come on, let's hit the road.
to go Come on, come on, darling, come on, come on, let's hit the road Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're interested in signing up the Band Builder Academy, use the link in the show notes below and enter the code CONCERTS and you'll receive 10% off. So, until next time, keep rocking. Hey, hey, what are you guys still doing there? The show's over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.